Well, good evening, everyone. Are you ready for tonight? Oh, I'm so excited. I couldn't even do our staff meeting today. I was just so excited about tonight uh, because of what we're going to be talking about. And when you came in, you were given this uh, little card, so we're going to talk about this a little bit later. But I just wanted to uh, just give you a little uh, introduction about why we're here tonight. Some of you already serve in a ministry. Some of you uh, are newly uh, introduced to the church. And maybe some of you are trying to find where you are to serve. Some of you have served and then you're in a, a different season of life. So you're, you're thinking about, do I serve? Uh, how can I rearrange my schedule or, or things like that? But tonight is more than just about serving. Tonight is about the vision that God wants to bring to us, not just to finish this year strong, but how we're going to start the year next year and what 2014 looks like. The Bible talks about vision, and really it's revelation. It's what God brings to us, and it's His revealed, actually His plan that He has for us, that He will bring to us so that we have a hope far beyond today. If there is no vision, as the book of Proverbs talks about, the people perish. If there is no re revelation, then the people will not be able to continue on to move forward. So God gives us vision, not just for our church, but for our lives. And because we're a part of the body of Christ, you play a significant role in the vision that God is bringing to us come 2014. Our mission statement here at New Hope Hilo Hawaii is to present the gospel of Jesus Christ in such a way that turns non-Christians into converts, converts into disciples, and then disciples into mature, fruitful leaders who will in turn go out into the world and then reach others for Christ. That's our mission here. Now, I was in a season that I did this. I was, oh, I heard the message of Christ preached in such a way that it turned me as a non-Christian into a convert, which means I became a Christian. And then I was discipled by other people, some pastors and friends. Then I was discipled. And then after a while, the fruitful leadership never really kicked in. And then I was not reaching out to others for Christ. Because I, I went to a certain point, and then that's all, that's all I went to. And I felt okay about it. I felt like, okay, this is what I can do, and I'm okay. Because God is doing something in my life. But that's not what Jesus said for us to do. His mandate for us was to go and make disciples of all nations. Now, we live in Hawaii, so we are, we are the melting pot of the world. So we have all nations probably represented in this auditorium tonight. But more than that, he says there are other places that we need to go to. There are other nations out there that we need to go to. When Jesus gave that mandate to his disciples, they really didn't have the so-called uh, scope of the entire world as it was. They knew what Jesus said, and they continued to do what he said. So when they continued to do what he said, as time went on, now they, they got to spread out to the world that they knew, and then those people spread out to the world that they knew, and then globally, the message of Jesus Christ was spread throughout the entire world. So it starts off in such a small way, but never despise small things, as the Bible says. Because when it's God, it may start off small, but the results is huge. Why? Because of his revelation. It's what he brings to us. 
That's why vision is so important. It's not so that we can uh, talk about things and, and make things sound good. It's because God sees the bigger picture. The only time I've seen myself get wrapped up or, or not see God's vision or his revelation in my life or in the church is when I started to complain. Once I started to complain about things, it was an indication that I couldn't see the big picture of what God was doing. And my complaints were valid. So-and-so did this. Why don't they do that? And they were valid. They were good reasons. However, because I didn't see the big picture, I was stuck in a smaller vision. And I stayed there until God says, you got to see the bigger picture, and if you don't, you're stuck. And you'll be fine there. And people will even surround you. Do you the, that spirit will attach itself to other spirits, and then all the spirits that complain will be in that circle. And I said, I don't want to be in a small circle, God. I want to be in a global circle. I don't want to just influence a couple people around me. I want to utilize my life for eternity so when I get there, I can see everything that you did in my small life. Because you can use this life, this sinner, to do great things for you. And if God can do that with one sinner, he can do that with all sinners. Because it's he who redeems us, and it's for a cause. So don't think that you're on the sideline. Don't think that, well, I can't. I don't qualify. I don't do this. I don't do that. I'm not as holy as these people. I don't have my life together like so-and-so. Well, compared to Christ, who does? Compared to the Holy Father, who does? No one does. We all fall short of the glory of God, but thanks be to Jesus Christ that he saved us, that we are his workmanship created for good works that are in Christ Jesus, that we should walk in them. So don't disqualify yourself by any means. Don't look at your age or how young you are. Just look at what is Christ doing in my life. And then don't be intimidated by anybody. And don't let anybody intimidate you. If someone intimidates you or makes you feel less than, then that's their problem and that's something that they got to work with with the Lord. But you stay close to Christ because in his eyes, listen very carefully, you are so worthy that he was willing to die for you. So if people make you feel insignificant, wrong spirit, you're around. You should be around the spirit of the living God because he finds you valuable. And he finds you worthy of his very best. This year, as we conclude this year, we have November and December. And yes, it did come quickly. But this is our year of focus. And some of the things that we were able to do was focus on our Sunday and Wednesday nights. Our Sunday, what we did is we, we really tried our very best to put together series, uh, messages, so that when you invite your family and friends and they come to church, that they will understand the gospel of Jesus Christ in a way that's relative to them. That's what we focused on for our Sunday mornings and, and our Wednesday night, our equipped services. We focused on our Wednesday nights so that we would be equipped to do the works of the ministry. Now, I've seen people rise up. I've seen people invite their family and friends on Sunday morning. Uh, many people have come to know the Lord this past year. And as we continue to finalize this year, we see more that God is gonna do, not just because our Thanksgiving you know, services are coming up, but our Christmas services are coming up. Our, our Christmas plays are, are being uh, finalized too. And then we have our, uh, our New Year's celebration. So we have a lot more in store for this year to finish strong. In your hand, you have the 
Vision Night card. And this is just a quick peek at what has happened this past year. And some people, you know, once you come to this part of the year, if you're new and you haven't come to this church from the beginning of the year, then all you know is what you see, and, and that's about it. But what this card does is just in a snapshot, just shows us the celebration of this memorable year, just so that we could see what God has done and what you are a part of. And it will bring back memories uh, when you take a look at this. You see all the camps that took place, the different plays that we had, the Easter play. Uh, we had our scholarship. You see the choir there. Uh, and then, of course, our, our young people, the U-turn. Uh, everything that we do here is so that we can connect people together. So stop looking for you because I already found me. That was an easy one. Uh, and then on the other side, you can look at you later. But on the other side, uh, this is a part of what you were able to do. Now, listen very carefully. $2,178,102.36 was given by you. That's what you contributed to what God is doing through this church. So thank you for believing in what God is doing in this church. Thank you for giving. Thank you. And it's so hard to put a dollar amount on ministry. It's so hard to do that. Those of you who serve, there's no price that you can put to serving. You know when someone says, I need Jesus, and then we receive Christ, or someone says, you know, I, 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 I was lost, but now I'm found, or they say, I was struggling with this addiction, and then now, because of Jesus Christ, I, I'm, I'm cleansed, I'm sober. Or someone says, you know, my marriage was falling apart, but now it's strong. Or they would say, you know, I was in the hospital, but my, my, my friends visited me. Those that are part of my care group visited me. My family wasn't doing well. We were sick, but people visited me. You can't put a dollar amount to that, but those things happen as a result of you and what you do. Now, if you're like me, I can feel like sometimes I can do more. Like, oh, boy, I wish I could do more. I, I wish I could do this and do that. And for some of you, you might be thinking, but I only did this, I only did that. Again, don't despise small beginnings. Never think that what you do for the Lord, even though small, does not have eternal consequences to it. You'll be surprised when we get to heaven what God was able to do through your, what you may say, as small efforts. Even the families, the spouses, and the children who sacrifice for those of you who serve, Maybe their way of serving is taking care of the things that they need to while you're serving. Who knows? All we know is everybody plays a part so that, and it's at the bottom, the decisions for Christ, over 1,100 people said yes to Jesus Christ this past year, and 178 people got water baptized. That is why we do what we do. And every person you greet, every, every smile that you give, every time you cook breakfast or clean up, wipe a table, uh, do whatever you do, you, you're doing that for the glory of God. And when people say yes to him, only God gets credit for that because we can't change a life. We don't save people. We reach out to people. We reach those who are far from Christ. But it's God who does the growth in them. He's the one that saves them. We can't save people, but God does. So that's just a reminder of what you're able to do. 
and what we accomplished together for the glory of God. I've said it before and I'll say it again tonight. This church belongs to Jesus Christ. He is the head of this church and we follow his lead. And everything that he wants us to do, we get to do. It is a privilege and an honor to serve here. And if any of you guys have served here or like our pumpkin party or whatever else you serve that, it's just a joy to serve. Even though we may make mistakes, even though we sometimes are not communicated to, we still find it a joy. Why? Because we do this for the glory of God. I love walking around on Sunday mornings or, or even on Wednesday nights because that's when I get to talk with people on an individual basis. Or sometimes we'll play sports or an activity or something like that. This is the church. This is the body of Christ. Let's continue to love one another, build relationship with each other. And as we come to a conclusion of 2013, let's keep our eyes set on Christ as 2014 rolls around. I do want to say thank you to our council members, and I'm going to ask them to come up right now. And our council members have done such an, a, a tremendous job at uh, the finances. Don't be scared. You guys can come up now. Go ahead. Make your way. I don't even know where they are. Okay, here we go. But our council members have done so much uh, in this past year, and they have made many sacrifices too. Uh, we meet. We talk about things and they are the ones who are responsible for the finances. They help think things through. So don't, just, don't think that it's me making all the decisions. These guys help with that. We call them Coach Wally, Tracy, Uncle Darrell, Troy. Are we missing anyone right now? Oh, there's Russell. Russell plays on the band, so um, yeah, have a seat. But can we say thank you to our, our council members for serving this past year? Oh, I go right here. I probably won't sit. Oh, is this his? Oh, I don't need a mic. I was just joking. Well, I just wanted to uh, have them come up here and, and share a little bit because of what they're able to do and then for you to see from their perspective also uh, what, was, what was being done this past year. Uh, actually, this is Russell Takeda's uh, final year because we serve, their uh, term is one year, two years, and two years. So this is his fifth and final year. So we want us to say thank you to Russell and Stephanie for serving. And this is, this is for you and Stephanie. So. Okay, so these guys, they'll look over the finances, and then uh, whenever there's major things to make decisions, uh, with, and these are the guys who will look it over and then help make those kinds of decisions. So I just asked them uh, to share a little bit tonight uh, because in 2013 we went through a couple changes and there were actually many changes that we've gone through. But can you just share a little bit first of all how you were able to adapt to those changes and what was that like uh, this past year? Was that the question you were supposed to answer? <laughs> I just throw them off. They're like, you couldn't let us know. Yeah, what? Okay, Coach Wally. That was one of the questions that was asked. Okay. Uh, I might as well go first since I'm the oldest on the board. <laughs> what the? And when you, at my age, you know, you, you know, things that you don't want changes, you want everything to be how it is. But then, you know, life is a lot of challenges, a lot of changes. So you, 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 you go with the changes. You know, if, if God didn't want 
any changes he wouldn't make any changes because whenever we do changes it's for the good mm. and not for the bad because when, when you're bad you, you try to be good because mm. when you're good you're not going to be bad so, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good example of change I like that Tracy you have anything? church growing, um, but I kind of just didn't really have to adapt or anything. I just stepped back and watched the young ones take over, and they're doing a, a great job. They're on fire for Christ, and uh, I see them get, uh, they, they rise up to the occasion. They just love God and, and work, and as I, I feel young, but I'm getting older. I, I just watched that um, happen. So we still need the Tracys out there, okay? We still need them. Okay. This year was a trying year. And there were many changes. And I had my concerns. Uh, but I had to change my perspective because it's not about me. It's about Jesus. Mm. And so I put my faith and my trust in Jesus and let the change happen and because he's looking out after us and if we trust him he'll be okay mm. thank you try what do you think um nobody's ever um comfortable with change um, even me myself um, and there has been a lot of changes here but i think you stated it best um, um God causes all things, right, for the good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And that's so true up here at New Hope. Um, that's why the change um, is being done, because it's not apart from him. Um, one more thing I'd like to share is um, I was reading in the book of Job this morning, 42. I forgot what verse it was, but um, Job stated that... Um, God's purpose never gets, it, it always gets accomplished for, for, for our good, for his good, for his purpose. So that's how, um, that's awesome. how I see change. Thank you. Thank you. Russell. Uh, it's so easy after all these people have, uh... <laughs> Thank you. It's so easy to uh, say something after all these people have said what they had, because I agree with all of them. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> But uh, all these changes that uh, I faced and experienced, uh, it hasn't been easy. Uh, some of them were emotional. But, um, you know, uh, I think the Lord has used these changes to uh, strengthen my faith. Because um, after it's all said and done, He shows me what actually has occurred. And... Uh, I could have never seen it before the end, and um, I'm just so uh, grateful mm. that I have this place to call my church. Second question. Thank you. Just want to ask, why do you serve? So we can go with uh, whoever wears red tonight. 
Anybody wearing red? Uh, Coach Wally, why don't you go, since you're wearing red. Yes, go ahead, Coach Wally. Why do you serve? Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> the reason I serve is I love the people, I love this church, and I love God. Uh, I want to share, uh, uh, like I serve on the food ministry. <clears throat> Six years ago, I lost my wife. She passed away with cancer. She passed away on October 2nd. <clears throat> and her service wasn't, wasn't going to be till October 22nd, 20 days after she passed. Uh, but before my, the, my wife's service here at church, that Sunday before the service, I belonged to the food ministry and we had to serve breakfast. <clears throat> Woke up that morning, my daughter said, Dad, where are you going? Going up to the church because I've got to serve breakfast. When I walked in the kitchen, Pastor Charlie greeted me and he said, Brother, what are you doing? I said, and he knew that, you know, I, I, I lost my wife. And I said, Pastor Charlie, I came to serve breakfast because I belong to the food ministry. And, and, and I felt it, it's my place, even though, I, you know, my wife was still, but I felt it's my place to come and serve this church. Wow. Thank you for doing that. And that heart. Well, for me, uh, I was, I'm fortunate that uh, um, I'm able to serve and uh, God gave me a, a passion for music and, and when I first came to the, through the doors here and, and the music was happening at those days with you know, Fernando and, and John and uh, say, hey, I like this, you know, and, and one thing led to another, next thing you know, I'm on the worship, um, the worship team. Um, but serving, I serve, it gives me a chance to be close to God, uh, to give back to Him because He's given so much to me and uh, to this church. He's healed me uh, of a serious medical illness, and um, I want to be there for Him before anything drastic or anything serious pops up where I'm always asking him for help and I just want to be in his family and doing things before and, and, and talk to him at that point rather than just talking to him when I need help um, serving helps me or puts me in a position to, uh, to do that thank you In my life, uh, there's been many occurrences that I cannot explain. Uh, protection, answered prayers, finances. I cannot explain this but through divine intervention. And because God helped me, and I feel obligated, or I want to serve him as best as I can in whatever I can. Thank you. Uncle Wally, um, he 
I said it best, and um, it's um, I, I I like to serve because um, for one, the Bible says you gotta love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then love others yourself, and that's where the servant the servant's heart comes in. And um, tonight, as I, I I walked in the doors, um, and I shared this with Pastor Shell a couple weeks ago, and I actually kind of took a break from serving. Um, two weeks ago, I helped the food ministry out. And what, what the Lord really showed me is that I really miss serving. And what I miss serving the most was seeing all you guys, seeing all the faces. And um, if you guys don't know me by now, I love to bala out. It gets me in trouble. But I like to talk story. I like to fellowship. And that is what I miss the most. And the Lord really just revealed that to me, you know. Um, you were never gone, Troy, but you just need to be serving here. And um, that's, you know, that's what serving is all about. And I really think that serving should really not be limited to just here, but it should stretch out to our workplaces. Wherever we work, we should always have that servant's heart, um, especially to the ones that don't know Christ. Um, the Bible says that nobody knows what God looks like, right? But if we love him, and he abides in us and we abide in him and then in turn the love of Christ is just shown to all mm. for, for all to see thank you thank you thank you well uh, the reason I serve is because when I came to this church um, I was at rock bottom and um this church has really um, done a lot for me. So <clears throat> I had this burning desire to serve. And um, it's kind of gave me this high that I just never experienced. And it was so rewarding. It's, it's like, uh, you know, you reached a safe haven mm -hmm. and you just wanted to do more and get more and just be here. And it has, <clears throat> through the years, blessed me tremendously and my family. So um, I can't put a value on serving. Mm. It just really um, carries me on. Yeah. Thank you, Russell. Thank you. We're going to pray over these men and... Um, especially for Russell as he concludes his final year, but could you just stretch your hand forward and, and pray over them? Lord, we just thank you for these men right here who has served so well uh, during this year. And for Russell, for five years, Lord, he has dedicated a portion of his life in the area of being part of the council members. So I pray that as he concludes this term, that you would continue to give him vision for his life, that as he continues to serve you in the, in the way that he does, uh, especially in the music area or the worship area that you would expand his horizon give him vision for the future and as he continues to reach out to other people that you would use him in a greater way in the years to come we thank you for all of these men in Jesus name we pray amen amen can we thank them thank you gentlemen thank you thank you thank you Troy I'm going to invite Pastor Lynn up, so I don't know where she is right now, but she, she'll make her way. Okay. Thank you. Love you guys. Yeah, Coach Wale. All right.
Now, these guys have done an excellent job this past year, too, with our, our sports teams. So that's, that's um, something to be amazed at. Pastor Lynn, let's welcome up Pastor Lynn tonight. <laughs> I can't even say good morning. It's nighttime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nighttime. She works so with the children, so, you know. <laughs> no, I didn't mean that. Uh, by the way, before I continue on, this is our... Uh, the ratification of our council members and there's a, a small little typo here uh, a small typo Daryl Kiocho is not being ratified so uh, just coach Wally Wally Adviento and then on the other side Dominic Uyatake and then Wilfred Sabaton are being ratified Dominic and is Dominic and Wilfred here anywhere here okay can we just real quickly I know I invited you up. I just didn't know you were right here. I thought you were on the other side. But you can stay up here. Yeah. yeah. So, where's Wilfred? You guys can come up now. How come you guys shy? You guys not shy? No, 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 hang out. It's this fun. Nobody's staring. Uh, and then Dominic. I don't know if Dominic is here tonight. Is he? Yes, Wilfred. Oh, Dominic. Okay. So, the picture is there. But I just wanted to let you know who Wilfred is. And uh, so this is Wilfred. And some of you know Wilfred. But Wilfred, oh, if you want to sit down. <laughs> it's okay. You can sing after or something. But Wilfred will be uh, coming on. <laughs> this is so well prepared. Can't you see? We rehearsed this. And uh, so what we do is we bring on council members. And Wilfred has served as a council member before. But if they take a year off, they can be asked to be a council member once again. So in my prayer time, just asking the Lord who is supposed to be on our council, and Wilfred came up. So I asked Wilfred to pray about it. He felt the Lord say yes. And how we operate in the Foursquare denomination is that you would ratify them. And what that means is you're not voting in people, you're just agreeing with. And so we need a certain amount of people to ratify uh, Wilfred in. So we just wanted to say thank you, Wilfred, for answering the call, and the people will uh, put a, a mark next to your name. So thank you, Wilfred. Just wanted you to get to know his face. Good? Okay. He's <laughs> like, do I need to talk? Do I need to say anything? Okay, Pastor Lynn. Okay, this is what we want to get to, okay? So I am so excited about 2014. Go ahead, Pastor Lynn. No, no. Uh, so 2014... Uh, I just want to read a scripture to us tonight, and then, and then I'll, I'll, I'll have you go. Okay. Uh, and it's in the Bible. So we want to go from the Bible, because what we're going to do next year is so biblical, beyond proportion, that you will be a part of what is going to happen come 2014. Okay, so Acts chapter 2, and many of you know this area of scripture, verse 40. This is after Peter gave his first sermon. Acts 2, verse 40. And it says, And with many other words he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. How many of you believe it is a perverse generation? Raise your hand as what we're seeing happening uh, around us sometimes. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship 
in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came among every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together, and all and had all things in common, and sold their possessions and goods, and divided them among all as anyone had needed, uh, had need. So continuing daily with one accord. Everybody say one accord. One more time. One accord. Do this. One accord. One more time. One accord. In one accord. Just in case you guys don't get it. One accord. In the temple. And breaking bread from house to house. Everybody say house to house. House to house. You got to do this. House to house. I was like, hey. okay, house to house. You got it. So from house, I almost, sang, I almost sang one song. Watch out. And <laughs> stay focused, you guys. From house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. The reason why I give you that scripture is because of what we're about to do. Now, 2000, and, and some things we're already doing. But 2013, as we conclude this year, is our year of focus. So we're still focusing on our Sundays and Wednesdays and making sure we finish strong. But 2014, here's the word, it's all about relationships. Next year, I see something falling down in a big word with whatever it's going to be. But relationships, that's what I saw in my mind. A big thing fell down and it says relationships. So get that in your mind, relationships. Relationships, relationships, relationships. That's what 2014 will be like. Now, because of relationship and because of what the Bible tells us was happening in the church, that's what Christ wanted us to do. He wanted us to build relationship. Not only are we to reach the lost one relationship at a time, but we will specifically build relationships the way the Bible teaches us. So next year we have a conference on January 25th. And if you want to mark your calendars, please do that. January 25th. And you might be saying, oh, when you guys talk about it, then I'll think about it. But we are going to have a connection conference. And let me just give you the vision of our connection conference. Our connection conference are all about small groups, Bible study groups, devotional groups, activity groups. And uh, when, you, when you meet together for, some people will do like a book uh, like a book club, but it's all about building relationships. Some of you, like activity groups, you already do activities. Uh, some of us play football or basketball after church, or some of you guys go to the movies. And through social media, we're able to connect that way. Some of you guys don't use social media, Facebook or Instagram or text messages. You can actually use this thing called the phone. It's pretty, pretty practical. If you want to use a phone, you can call up a person and you can connect that way. But that's what this conference is all about. And it's going to be here from 8 to 2 o'clock. And we're going to have breakfast and then lunch together. And it's, in, it's open to the entire church. But that's where we're going to cast the vision of the details of what these groups are all about. And how you can be a part of a small group or uh, host a small group and, and, uh, and oversee one. Uh, Pastor Lynn is going to be overseeing our connecting groups, which is what this is all about. And... So our small groups, our Bible study groups, our devotional groups, and activity groups, uh, we're going to equip you so that you can be successful in doing that. One of the things we're looking at with our discipleship, uh, because some of you are wondering about our discipleship, our discipleship 
is going to be done in a different way than we've normally done with our classes, which was great for the season that we had it. But for everything, as the Bible says, there is a season. There's a time and a season for everything. This season that we're heading into, come 2014, discipleship will happen everywhere you are on this campus and beyond. So it's not going to be in a classroom setting. It's going to be everywhere. You will be discipled everywhere. On the stage here, uh, worshiping upstairs, uh, if you're serving in the nursery, even in our food ministry, uh, wherever you are, our, our parking lot ministry, everywhere, that's where discipleship will happen because discipleship is not a program. It's a one-to-one relationship. 2 Timothy 2.2 tells us that you are to teach others and then find others that they can teach also. That's what discipleship is. Discipleship is not me sitting, hearing the word of God or someone discipling me. That's not even discipleship. Discipleship is when someone disciples me and then I disciple someone else to disciple someone else. That's the 2 Timothy 2.2 principle. That's how you know you're making disciples is if the one you're raising up or the one you're teaching or training does the same thing you're doing. That's true discipleship. So, Pastor Lynn, I know you've been here for the past 20 minutes nodding your head. So, <laughs> Pastor Lynn is going to help Amen. with some of the things. So, you can start okay. with wherever you need to start. Well, we have vision and we have assurance that God's going to do great things. And we, in that vision, uh, we envisioned small groups being one of the very... Uh, basic and foundational ways that God was going to help us make disciples. So we want our groups to be not only connecting, but to be cohesive, to have focused discipleship, have focused relationship building. So one of the tools that we are going to use is a new ministry called Right Now Media. And what that is, is it is a, uh, an online church video library and it's customizable and i will explain a little bit about that later and we have a little bit up here so we have it up here um so you can see and um karen if you could if you when you sign on this is the site that or the window that it pops up and on the top they have um, bible studies and if you'll scroll down there are over 2,000 discipleship bible studies for all ages and they are adding adding more and more all the time and then if you'll go back up, there's a leadership one, leadership training, and that one is customizable. So we can um, have everyone be a part of a training. We can put Pastor Sheldon, a video of, of him alongside uh, one of the, the uh, videos. You can turn the house have. lights off, please. Thank you. We can also um, customize it as far as um, the questions that we put on there. All this stuff is, is pretty exciting, actually, and there's so much potential with it. The third category is uh, conferences. So you see some of these conferences. Catalyst is an amazing um, conference every year that is geared mostly toward uh, youth ministry, but they have all of these wonderful um, church leaders like Rick Warren and uh, Francis Chan and all of those, we can tap into those conferences on our computers and be able to hear their workshops and their, um, their seminars. So the sky's the limit, guys. We can use this and uh, you will be invited and get more information on this to sign up for this. Um, and you can download it on your computer, your iPad, and your phone. So there's no excuse. Whatever small group you're in, you have to do the homework. You have to do it. <laughs> so one of, the, one of the reasons why I love this, uh, this route 
is not only does it help to put tools in your hands, but it also keeps everybody on the same page. So if some of the uh, groups are meeting, some of the small groups, and you're doing the same teaching and training, you can connect with each other at church. You can sit down, eat breakfast, and, and talk story with each other, or again, online through Facebook or whatever. You can even start your own Facebook groups in your discipleship ministries, uh, what you're doing, small group, however you want to do it. Uh, and then probably three out of the, uh, three or four times out of the year, we're going to do something so that all the small groups come together right. so that we can still build relationship that way. I also recognize that because of it being able to be on, online, mm -hmm. that let's just say you're at work and you know you're going to be late to your small group or Bible study or whatever it is, you can watch your video during a break. Let's just say you have a 15-minute break at work because the videos aren't that long. It's very short. You can watch the video and already be prepared when you go to your small group or your Bible study. And you will already have it in your head and in your heart. So when you get there, you're not lost. You know exactly what's going on. Uh, the caution, and this is what we don't want to do, is that you stay home and do your Bible study that way. And you stay home and you do your small group and everybody's at home and you connect through FaceTime. That's not the reason why we're doing this online, okay? Because it can turn that way like, hey, we don't even meet. We can be at home in our own room and, and meet that way. No, the reason is because of relationship. That's right. It's a tool, not an end in itself. It's a tool that we can use. Right. And actually, they're very interactive, too. And there are workbooks that come uh, that are downloaded with some of the, the uh, Bible studies. And we, we have one picked out that we're going to do, start all the groups off with, and then we will rotate through other things. There's... there's um, uh, Topics are from marriage and parenting to finances to more in-depth Bible study. There's just all kinds of stuff on there. So it's pretty exciting, and we're going to have a lot of fun with this, I think. Can, can everybody go on, even yes. if they're not a part of the small groups? Yes, you can. If, um, what happens is we will have a sign-up, and then we submit your email addresses with your permission, and they invite you to be a part of it. You get your own password, the whole nine yards, and you can go on and listen to seminars and conferences 24-7. <laughs> so the reason why we're making it accessible to you guys is because if God just calls you and says, start a, start a small group, you're already meeting with your family or your friends. They're coming over for dinner, and you guys talk about the Lord, you guys, and you guys want to, but you don't know how to. This is the best way because then you're not intimidated by, wow, I've got to lead this small group. I don't know what to do. You just watch the video. There's a workbook and curriculum. And it's, it's today's world with the biblical principles and how God made us to operate through relationships. So it's just a tool. It is not what we so-called worship. It's a tool to help us in the small group setting. And if God does call you, then you're already set because you already can go online. Well, in one of the, um, uh, in the leadership training, the interactive training, there is training for small group leaders. So we will launch all of our small groups with those leaders having been trained first. So there'll be a lot of resources available if you're going to host a small group or if you're going to be part of a small group. So... So our connecting conference, that's where if you want to be uh, someone who develops a small group, a Bible study group, any one of the connecting groups, then you need to be there on the 25th, which is that conference, because a lot of the details are going to be done there, and it's going to help you to um, move into that direction. Now, some of you already have small groups. You already have a, a, an, 
a group that is already uh, established. So you still would need to be there if you want to have a small group, uh, New Hope Hilo Hawaii small group. And then what that will do is get you on the same page, get you on the email list where you can uh, get your password and all of that. So some of you already have a small group, uh, but this is the vision and that's the direction that we're going to go and it'll, it'll only help uh, as far as the videos and curriculum. And it's very, uh, it's very easy to navigate that. It's not a difficult site at all. And the whole point, again, is that all our small groups will be cohesive and working in the same direction with a focused discipleship and a focused relationship building. Can I share the next part? Yes, okay. go ahead. Um, our church is committed to raising up the next generation of leaders. Uh, you know that. We are so focused on what God wants to do from our kids on up through our young people. So in September of 2014, we are going to begin ELN, which is Emerging Leader Network. That is a program that is certified through Foursquare, through Bible Institutes and Foursquare Churches, and there are, I think, around 60 now nationwide and in a couple other countries. And what they are is they are an alternative to, most of the time, the first year of college. Uh, it's predominantly for 18 to 24-year-olds, and they, it is an immersion discipleship course. What does that mean, immersion okay. discipleship? There are three components. I'm glad you asked. There are three components to immersion discipleship. Head, hands, and heart. The head part, there will be college-level courses offered that the kids will have to go through, and they will uh, be able to get college credit. We will work through either Life Pacific, New Hope um, Bible College, or King Seminary. Those are the three options right now. We will also be using the Right Now Media for part of our curriculum. The hands part is uh, hands-on ministry experience. These kids will be a part of everything that goes on in this church. Right now, our staff is preparing how they will mentor and, and disciple and train these kids in each area of ministry in this church. We want to develop them and deploy them into ministry. That's the goal. The, the third part is heart, and each of these students will be personally mentored. So it's a year that they spend totally focused on God's direction for their lives, finding out their calling, whether it's full-time ministry or whether it's ministry in a secular vocation. It doesn't matter. This is for them it's a, to set apart this year to be before the Lord and find out their calling, identify that, identify gifts in their life that the Lord has given them, identify what it means to serve and be a part of the body of Christ. So that, all of that will take place. We will, they will get to do some off-campus uh, ministry at our conventions, and we are, we're, we're playing around with a lot of stuff on Oahu, too. And um, we will have guest lecturers, and that's how we're going to, um, how should we say, intermingle our small groups with ELN. It's all going to uh, kind of dovetail. So you will get to, if you're in a small group, have the benefit of guest lectures from the ELN program as well. And th because ELN is a, is a network of uh, students, uh, they get to travel uh, different different places. And then the ELNs that we have in our four square denominations, uh, what is it, globally, right? We have it they're, uh, mostly they're in, in the... a couple other countries besides yeah. the U.S. Well, they will come here and then serve here for a little while. So there's so much 
that is going to be happening through you. You get to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get to mentor and disciple. And again, don't, don't cut yourself short. Mm-hmm. Don't think that but I, what I'm going to do, God will use you because it's going to be him moving in and through you. It's so. going to be great. We actually um, hosted an immersion discipleship group, an ELN group, last year from Canby, Oregon. I don't know how many of you are aware of that, but we had 16 students here, and they did ministry in this church and on the island, and it was really cute because when they were getting ready to come, they were telling me what they might need, and they wanted to visit Oahu too, so they said they need a car or some transportation, they might need a boat to get to the other islands. Yeah. <laughs> I said, no, you'll need airline tickets. I said, do it. Bring some canoes. Let's let them try. Let's see what happens. Well, we don't know. What if they did? So so be praying with us about this. It is an awesome opportunity for young people to just set aside that year of their life before they launch into college or wherever they're going to go and really be before the Lord about what his calling is for them and identify those special things in their life that he has for them. Yes, so uh, Pastor Lynn, we all need, we all need to help her <laughs> because of the, the, the things that she will be doing next year. Uh, she's taking on a big role, and this is another, another opportunity that we have here to not just raise up the next generation, but those of you who feel like, well, my time might be up or I'm entering that age where the younger people are coming in, we still need you. We need every single person. You, you don't, you're not done until Jesus says you're done because he knows what he's doing. I want you to know, too, that um, we already have requests from mainland kids to come to our ELN. So we're hoping for a small group the first year so we get our feet wet. Just so you might be prepared that there might be a lot of mainlanders coming over. Yeah, they're like, can we come to Hawaii and serve there? So we're thinking, yeah, we can put you to work when you come. It's not vacation, but... They love Hawaii. So what better way than to disciple? Um, can I tell them the name? Absolutely. Okay, we've named it Ke'alahele, which means the pathway. And I got to say a Hawaiian word. It's very exciting. She's so proud, you know. When she tells all her friends in the mainland, she says Ke'alahele. Ke'alahele, yeah. It's our name, but the pathway, the and I pathway, like that. The pathway, and that's what, it, what uh, ELN will represent for our kids here. Yeah. Awesome. Can we say thank you to Pastor Lynn? So in everything we do, I want you to watch this video because this is what happens when you do what you do and when you serve and when you give, lives are changed. And, and we just have a couple of people that are going to share, but, but I, I think all of us can share something like this, but I wanted you to catch the heart of why we do what we do. Let's take a look. How has New Hope impacted me this past year? No answer? Yeah. Um, I'm much more calm, more mellow. I'm not as aggressive and straightforward as I used to be before. And I've learned that giving God your problems and trusting in Him is what creates the peace that we all deserve in life. And that's what I was missing all these years. It took me 46 years to figure that out. It's helping me rebuild my family. It's brought me and my son closer. It's cured me of my drug addiction and my alcoholism. It's given me a complete new life. 
impacted me because this year I've been through a lot, losing my grandpa and my mom going back into treatment for cancer. So it made me stay positive and know that there's more to life than just giving up on everything. The love that we experience through this church and different people in the church reached out to us. And you know, we're used to large churches. We went to a large church in California. But there's something about love. When you've been loved, really loved by people, you don't forget it. I guess I was hesitant to join a lot of things. At first, I wasn't going to join anything. And my mom had joined the, um, the worship team. She got me to join the choir. From the choir, they booted me up to worship team. Being on the stage, you see a lot of the background things that you don't really pay attention to when you're in service. You come to church, you watch the pastor who speaks a message, and you just kind of go on from there. And being on stage has shown me, oh, there's more to it. Like, there's more than just the people singing. It's not just the mics. You know, there's the speakers, there's the band, there's the sound system. You know, there's cameras that watch you, and not watch you, but they record you. Uh, there's the people upstairs who are in control of the camera. And, from then it was kind of like, oh, what else can I do? I am honored to be asked to be a part of the services and to help behind the scenes and help things move smoothly for everyone else that comes to hear the message. So I'm humbled and thankful to be, I guess, worthy. I don't know if I'm worthy, but worthy enough to be a, be a part of what God does here. Being like, um, I would say, the eyes and ears and the feet on ground level of the person coordinating the services and being able to do things for them that helps the service run smoothly so there's no distractions for people that might be here for the first time. They're not distracted by, um, you know, uh, something on the stage or people talking or people's, the band being out when they're not supposed to. Just just being able to help newcomers, because I was a newcomer at one time too, being able to help them feel comfortable and welcomed here. What brought you up here to serve? The Lord did. Because for me, everybody said I have ADD. I cannot keep still. I don't know how to stay one place too long. But when the Lord say go, I come. And it's so funny, because on the days that I'm supposed to work, Either the mill, um, the AC plant goes down or it's pouring, so I can't work. So when the Lord needs me up at the church, that's when I'm here. He brings me up here. And I love it. I enjoy it. I get joy. I get peace. And it's time to go home. I'm like, I don't want to go home yet. Is there anything else to do? You serve by grouping together and praying for people. And that's our heart, prayer. We pray for the church, we pray for the pastors and the leaders, we pray for the body. And the more you pray for people, the more the relationships become stronger. When your heart is toward others before yourself, that's what it's like. We have to lay our lives down and then we see others through the love of Christ. I think um, being on the worship team had just just started it all like it just set fire to everything because like I never used to really like I used to sing you know in the congregation 
and I would never raise my hands and I actually didn't start raising my hands and worshiping until I was already on a mic and I was you know hesitant in that in-between awkward gonna raise my hand not gonna raise my hand people are gonna see me raise my hand I'm not gonna raise my hand I should raise my hand you know and um, it was kind of like God had spoke to me and he said let go he said let it all go and that was when I had actually dropped my mic for the first time we're not supposed to do that but um, he just said let go and I dropped everything and I just worshiped him on stage and that was when I felt God pour into me you know he just kind of was like there you go and ever since then it was just easier and easier to just worship him all in one year it's like I went from not coming to church to like being here like six days a week so it's awesome you know you don't really see oh all of a sudden boom I'm a different person it's kind of like it's little by little you go back and you go oh I don't do this anymore oh I'm better at this now oh I don't really see myself hanging out with these kind of people. It's kind of like this gradual thing, and then when you look back, it's like, wow. You know, there's a the greater change that happens in smaller ways, and it just adds up. Well, me and my friend, we just randomly wanted to come to church one weekend. So we came in the middle of third service, sat all the way in the back in the corner, and just listened to everything Pastor Sheldon had to say. And then the week after that, she didn't come with me, but I came with my auntie guys. And then soon after that, my mom started coming. My auntie guys still come with us. And it's so far, it's just like everybody's just coming with us, our family, friends. I invite them. Everybody's slowly coming along, but they're coming. <laughs> family, church family, coming together in time of need is what my focus has been because I haven't had focus on just all the details. You have to, when, when your husband is, is in the hospital for a month and then he goes through transition and then he has to go back in and have surgery and then come back out, you have to first of all have people standing with you in faith and that's the critical part. If you don't have relationship with family you really cannot stand a major storm. And God has shown us when you go through a storm, turn your eyes on others through Him. And you will get through the storm no matter what it is. That's what I've seen in this church. People have come together because of certain circumstances and storms. They've gotten closer. It's always the trials that bring you closer to the Lord and closer to each other. It's never the good times. That's what I've seen. My son's mom left me because of my, my problems, my alcoholism mainly. And when I went to court to ask for custody, you know, for visitation with my son, all of that came up and she didn't feel comfortable him spending time with me. And I had to surrender to God. Everything I tried didn't work. And it seemed that when I put everything in His hands that it kind of just fell into place. I always believed in God, but when I was doing my own thing, I didn't want people to remind me of God because I knew that what I was doing wasn't obeying Him. I knew when I walked through these doors that He was going to change my life. I just had to be at that point where I was ready to surrender and let him take over for me. But it was hard 
being alone, it felt like a long walk across the parking lot. I could hear the grasshoppers and crickets and the cookie frogs. It was so quiet and lonely. But I felt welcome as soon as I walked through the door. And I'm really thankful that I can be a part of, if I can help someone else feel comfortable walking in here. A year ago in July, I started coming to New Hope. At that point in time, I told, I woke up that morning and I said, Lord, I don't know what my purpose is here on earth. I don't want to be here anymore. And I was going to do something real foolish. I was going to follow my nephews, which wasn't a very good point. And he got me in touch with Pastor Marissa and she told me come up to celebrate recovery. And that's where it started turning. Tuesday was Celebrate Recovery. I was all excited. I found a new place and peace in my life. Wednesday came around, and I, my husband asked, where are you going? I said, I'm going to worship tonight. He said, can I go? My husband is, was Catholic born, and he came to church with me, and he still comes to church with me, and I just praise and thank God for all of that. In my family, in the past five years, we had seven suicides, all children. And that really took a toll on all of us, mentally and physically. The type of job I had was very demanding. Ours was very physically and mentally demanding. So at one point I started um, losing focus in reality. And when I got to come to celebrate recovery, that's when I said God gave me a slap on the back of my head and said, wake up because there's more things in life than you think there is. And just because they decided to leave early, it's not your place to leave yet. I love to have happiness around me. This world is so ugly already. You just gotta keep bringing in the positive. God is all positive. That's what I'm learning. Sometimes I forget myself, like people that just approach you out of the blue skies yelling. I forget where I'm supposed to be sometimes. <laughs> what she said? Oops, excuse me. <laughs> you editing that, right? Thank you. Thank you, Nani and Matt, Anella, Jean. Who else is on there? Uh, and I have. Oh, and Erica was on there. So thank you guys for sharing that. Uh, what a what a what a wonderful way for us to get back to why we do what we do. It's it's all about relationships because 2014 is all about relationships, relationships, relationships. Yes, we will do other things. Yes, we we're working on our sound system and video and, and the mixing and our air conditioning and, and we will bring air conditioning into our team kids and our youth wing next year. So we're going to make sure that happens. The reason why we can do that is because we are, and I should have had Russell share this part, but hopefully I say it correctly. We're going to have solar panels next year because the company is investing in it. We don't have to pay anything and they're going to invest in it. And what we get to do is just be a part of God sending his sunlight to us. So our electric bill will be at a set rate and that will stay that way for about 20 years. Tom, do you know, is it 20 years? About 20 years. So even if the electricity uh, per kilowatt goes up, ours does not. Now that doesn't mean you just keep everything on and you know, uh, we still be wise stewards because we got to replace light bulbs and our air conditioning units. But, and however, when we do that uh, solar panels and it's photovoltaic, right? 
hopefully I'm saying it correct. Anyway, uh, it's going to be on our roof, and we're going to be able to generate a lot of electricity to keep us going well and keep our electricity at a good rate. So those are some of the uh, little things that we're going to be doing and, and, you know, changes like that. But more importantly, I think our relationships, our small groups, Bible studies, and, and those things uh, is just going to be powerful. So get ready for 2014 because it's all about relationships. And the one that is the most important is the one with Jesus Christ. That is the key relationship, and that is the one we focus on because of how good he is and how much he loves us. We can now love him, and now we can love one another. Amen? Okay, let's pray. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for bringing us together tonight. Thank you for giving us your heart. Thank you for the vision and the revelation that you've given to us. That as we finish strong 2013, as we come around to the holidays of Thanksgiving and Christmas and we celebrate time together with family and friends, it is all about relationships, which will bring us into 2014. Lord, I pray for every single person here tonight and even those who couldn't make it, hopefully they can catch this uh, online and they can hear the heart and vision behind what's coming up. But I pray for every single person here tonight that you would call them out of who you've made them to be so that they can lead well, that they would be the, the ones discipling others and mentoring other people regardless of where they are in their relationship with you. If your spirit resides in us and your Holy Spirit guides us, that's all, we, that's all we need. That is all we need to mentor other people, to disciple them, to lead a Bible study, to lead a small group, because it's going to be your spirit that moves us. It's going to be the Holy Spirit that guides us. And even when there come times, there, there's times where we don't know what to do, when we call upon you, you will give us the answer. We trust you that much. And so we look forward into what you're going to do because it's all about relationships. For God so loved the world that you gave your one and only Son that anyone who believes in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. It's because of relationship that you created us for eternity. You want to be with us forever. And that's our heart cry, Lord. We cry out to you because it's all about relationships. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all said, Amen. Amen. Amen.